Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way and get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Pleasure to uh, introduce uh, Jimmy Kays, of course. Uh, He'll have one eye on the telly too, I suppose, watching uh, as our sevens girls now lead 21-14. Good comeback this in the semi-final against France. Jimmy, good morning to you. I've labelled it a weekend of realisation that the gap has closed. Uh, How say you? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I was listening to you while I was watching Michaela Blythe score a quite remarkable try for the uh, for the Blackburn Sevens, and I was nodding along with you, mate. You know, if I think back to that Fiji um, Highlanders game, that reminded me of Super Rugby in the late nineties, early twos, when it was all about entertainment. It was enthralling. It was action packed, and the crowd was absolutely loving it. That crowd was fantastic. They they all deserve gold medals. Uh, and then I watched. Straight after the Waratahs and the uh, the Crusaders, it was like the game had gone into pause or reverse or slow motion or something. But, you know, it was just I don't know what I don't know, Smithy, really what's gone wrong. But for some reason, the game has become pedestrian at times, and it's not a great watch. Part of it, as you say, is the absolute stupidity of players getting constantly red carded. Do they not realise yet? that you can't tackle someone around the head, that you can't smack someone in the head with your shoulder. Because we're just seeing it every week, aren't we? And it's boring. Fans don't want to watch that. Fans want to watch tries like I'm, I'm watching with the, the sevens as they just go in for another one. That's what fans want to yeah. watch. And uh, how do we convince people that, you know, players and coaches, to drop their tackles? I don't, I don't know how. But I'll tell you something. If the outcome of dropping the tackle is more offloads, I'm all for it. I'm on with you. I mean, I just look at it. You mean I, I sat down deliberately and watched a lot of sport over the weekend, and and you know, and I made myself. I'm not a huge watcher of league, but I watched league. My God, if I, as I said, if you just arrived in town and wondered what was the difference between the two games and what one you'd rather watch, on the eye at the moment, it's, it's not a contest. It's just not a contest. No, it's not. Um, if you look at the New Zealand teams versus the Australian teams, so we did this on the breakdown last night. Last year, the New Zealand team scored 39 points on, on average. This year, 30. So the New Zealand teams are going backwards because the Australian teams are scoring more points. They've gone from 20 to 22. Line breaks, New Zealand teams can't make a line break. Last year, they were averaging 9.4. This year, 6. 6, and we call ourselves an attacking country. Uh, and Australia has gone up from 5.4 to 6.6. So the Aussies are making more line breaks per game than the New Zealand teams. It's, um, it's a worry. It's a real worry. And, and a team like the Crusaders, who, you know, as you rightly said, you know, played a team that couldn't beat themselves, uh, they were awful. They were absolutely awful, the Crusaders. I know no Richie Moringa, but is he really going to have that much of an impact? I, I'm not sure. Then again, Smitty, I look at the Highlanders, and if you if you exclude Umag and Jensen in the midfield and their halfbacks, they don't have a backline. Their, their backline is atrocious. Compared to the backlines that the Highlanders have had in the past, have been full of running and attack and excitement. These guys would be lucky to play provincial rugby, let alone super rugby. Uh, and then we haven't even started on the rolling ball. <laughs> 
Yardstick team is no longer the Crusaders. I think it's fair to say our yardstick team is the Blues. But here's a side that can only just, only just last week beat the Drua, only just this week beat the Force. Now the Force was a side that was out of the comp and has just come back into it. Uh, and I, you know, we talk about these exciting players. Uh, you know, where is um, as RTS? Has he made any ground for you? I mean, uh, he's always been the what the one guy everyone was going to say, boy, this could be exciting, but. I mean, has he done enough initially? If you picked an all-black squad in the next two days, three days, would he make it? Um, he will make it. I'm, I'm convinced that they will pick him. He is slowly starting to show what he can do. You know, he did have that time off. And did, I thought he showed some absolute classy little bits uh, in that game against the force, um, which gave me a bit of confidence that he could come through and be, and be a really you know, world-class second five of eight. Um, and look, if I look at the scores, there's four points, there's three points, there's three points, there's two points, there's four points. You know, only the Brumbies had a blowout. So in theory, you'd look at that and go, that was exciting. What an exciting round that must mm. have been. <laughs> I, don't think it kind of, I don't think it was because we're just not getting the crowds. Like, you know, you look at the Rebels versus Wana Pacifica. They played in front of almost nobody in, in Melbourne. Uh, I thought the Waratahs Crusaders it was inspired to go to Leichhardt Oval, but it just seemed quite a quiet crowd, and it seemed quite a quiet crowd in the Brumbies Hurricanes game too, compared to what we saw in Fiji. We want rugby that gets people on their feet going nuts. And, you know, that's, you, as you know, I covered a lot of Hurricanes. They, when they moved to the stadium, they had 15,000, 15,000 season ticket holders, and they were averaging. 27,000 a game. The Hurricanes were producing the biggest away crowds for any other team. So wherever they went, they produced the biggest crowd for that team. So they played exciting rugby. Lomu, Cullen, Umanga, Yeramia, O'Halloran. You know, they played exciting rugby. And we just, and we had that with the Blues. Carlos Spencer, Rupini Tatha Mbutha, Doug Howlett, Mills Miliaina. You know, these sorts of people. We had exciting rugby. I just don't know if consistently, week in and week out, the rugby that's being played is entertaining enough to get people coming to the games and getting excited about it. Because that's what you need. You, you know you know it so well from all of the sports that you've played. You, you need people to come and get excited about it. Mm. 
Yeah, okay. Well, let's look at two areas that might be contributing to this. Uh, are we complacent about the, the great level of coaching we've got in this country then? Uh, are we just purely pointing the bone here at the players? Do we look now at our, our coaching structures, our depth of coaching? And number two, which is an, an obvious one for me, is the rule book and the officiating, which is just... And the way that people now, if you go to a game of rugby, Jimmy, but let's be honest, you sit on the couch at home, how much time do you look, spend looking at the referee and waiting for his arm to go out? Yeah, so two, you make two very good points. On the, co- the coaching, absolutely coaches must bear a lot of the blame, if we want to use that word, for what's happening out on the field, particularly the red cards. They coach players to tackle high so they stop the offload. So they are directly responsible for what is happening with the red cards. If they wanted, there must come a point where they are fed up with having 13 or 14 players on the field and actually realise they need to coach low. Because at the moment, it's a battle between the lawmakers and enforcers to get the tackle down and coaches and players who continue to tackle high. So I hope that the people pushing for the tackle to come down succeed. We see more lower ta- low tackles and we see more offloads of more running rugby. So absolutely in that regard... And absolutely also in terms of tactics and, and the way that they, that they play the game. But you're dead right about the law book. Um, it's far too complicated. Too many people go to watch rugby and don't understand what has been decided by the referee. And it is a, is a disaster. You can't have fans not understanding what is going on in the game. And we've both stood there and, and turned to someone and go, what happened there, mate? You know? Mm. You just can't have that. The really popular games around the world, soccer and basketball, are the slipless games. So somehow rugby needs to get rid of all of these extra rules that, that are in there and just have a, have a simpler game. But it still comes back to coaches and players. They are so influential on what happens on the field. And we just continue to see dumb high shots from players. And unless that changes, we're going to see lots and lots of games with only 13 people on the field. Yeah, we sure are, mate. Um, can we look at uh, positives? Can we go searching for positives here? I mean, the, one of the positives, and in a, in a weird sort of way, and I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of Australian sport and that, is that they might have closed the international gap as well. I mean, you know, I, I, I jested at the fact that uh, Michael Hooper's done very, very few uh, winning interviews against New Zealand rugby teams in any competition. He might be in line to do a few more. Oh, absolutely. And, and look, there are positives. I think the Chiefs and Blues are a real positive um, within the, the New Zealand teams. And the Crusaders won't be as bad as they were on the weekend too many other times. So, you know, they'll, they'll probably bounce back. But you're dead right. The gap has closed significantly in, in Super Rugby. Let's hope that translates up into the international scene. And the difference this year, Smithy, is that they're going to be playing England in a Test Series before they come and play New Zealand. So they'll be fully tuned up. They'll be absolutely fizzing when they come over and, and play Bledisloe Cup games. And, and they've got an outstanding coach, we know that. He's been successful at every level, Dave Rennie. Club level, junior level, internationally, provincial level, super rugby level, and he will be successful at, at international level with the Wallabies. So they've, they're getting a warm-up. They're playing well in super rugby, so their individual confidence will be high, and they've got a very astute coach. So I think the Blues Cup this year could be an absolute ding-dong battle. Really, really, really looking forward to it. Loose forward uh, numbers, I think, is one of the, uh, when I say one of the positives, uh, an increase of candidates anyway, put it that way, and that's always a healthy thing when you've got 
uh, a good pool to look from. And I, I, I say this, and I, I say welcome back, Akira Iwani, but I also say mm. keep a very close eye on uh, Marino Michele Tu'u, who seems to just get better by the season. Just pick 15 of them. It's a really simple solution. I've always thought that a rugby team should be full of 15 loose forwards. Very easy to solve, problem to solve. Um, you're, you're right. We've got some <laughs> amazing depth. You know, what do you do with Artie Savia? He's, he, is, he, is he a better open side than Sam Kane? Should he be at number eight? Um, Frizzell will probably come back from his MCL injury in time, hopefully for the tests against Ireland, but then definitely for the, the rugby championship. Uh, Akira Ioane, fantastic return, didn't he? Absolutely fantastic return. And then Dalton Papali'i just hardly puts a foot wrong. He's a huge tackler. Um, and then I really like uh, Luke Jacobson. Been a little bit injury prone, but I, I really like the cut of his jib. So we haven't even mentioned Hoskins, the future and probably heaps of others as well. So we have wonderful depth at loose four. It must be a wonderful headache for the All Black coaches and selectors to, to sort of pick their way through. Um, I, yeah, I'd I don't know who I don't know who's going to miss out. Same with halfbacks, really. Who misses out on halfbacks? I mean, Aaron Smith's number one. We know that. But then you've got Bill Christie, TJ Perinata, Falau uh, Fakatava, um, and Brad Weber. So that's, that's I think I counted four from Christie. to do yeah four. So we've got five really good halfbacks. Who misses out there? Don't know. Absolutely, uh, at this point, <laughs> don't know. Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith's your only given. I mean. Uh, but these are these are good problems. Who misses out rather than who can we go find? Um, I, I think they're better problems oh, if yeah. we make the right decisions. Th- this weekend, Jimmy, uh, the teams sort of come and go a wee bit more. Blues are still uh, Blues are back. Blues rebels. You would expect we we must see. Uh, I think for, for New Zealand teams to turn around, we just got to see better performances across the board. So the Blues are at home. Moana Pacifica are back. The Chiefs are back as well, and the Hurricanes are back as well. So. Uh, I think we should be looking at victories uh, and handsome ones on two or three of those occasions. Yeah, I certainly hope so. We want to see commanding performances, don't we? And with that will come those victories. You're dead right. The Blues should absolutely run over the top of the Rebels. Um, Reds Highlanders is a trickier one to pick. Um, and Chiefs Brumbies. So that'll be intriguing because both of them like to maul, like the, the, the line-out drive. And the one that I think you touched on, and I'm going to be down in Wellington for this game, that Hurricanes Fiji uh, Drua, that's going to be a, a fantastic game. 3.35 on a Sunday afternoon. Hopefully it's a sunny day and we see a fair bit of running rugby. And, you know, that could be like one of those 45, 42 type of games, couldn't it? Look, I hope so. I really do, Jimmy. And um, I, I, it's nice to know you and I are on the same wavelength on a lot of that stuff. And I would imagine most of our <laughs> listeners are as well. There's a, a, a little bit of consternation. Um, there's a, a, a good yeah. amount of frustration. And these are adjectives that you really don't want to see about our, our national game, our great game. And uh, no. you're right. Uh, you're right. You did right along the way. Can, can I ask you a, a very off-topic question, Smithy? I read that story uh, on <clears throat> last tens, and it made me phenomenally sad to realise that that man had gone through so much of his life yeah. as a recluse because of his, his deafness. I mean, how aware were you guys as, as teammates that he was pretty much profoundly deaf? It's a good question, actually. Um, we, 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 went, we didn't go through it as he had to, but you could tell because it was getting harder and harder to communicate mm. with him to the point where, you know, to the point where, you know, he had to pay serious attention on the, fe- on the field to captains for field changes and things like that because it was very hard, um, unless he was watching, to attract his attention. Now, that's how hard it got. I also um, yeah. was led to believe that um, 
he he spent a lot of time just going and playing half a dozen holes of golf. I think it was at Rustley more often than not in Christchurch, just because that was a happy place. Because golf mm. golf is a particularly quiet game where you don't need uh, to have a lot of hearing, etc. And you can just live in your own world and hit golf balls mm-hmm. and things like that. And that was that that was his big release. Uh, we had we had no idea. Yeah. I mean, the 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 Lance Cairns, in fact, the Cairns family story, is quite quite depressing if you go through it bit by bit. Really is. Yes, I know, I know. Oh well, he was part of a wonderful era of cricket. That obviously you were too, mate. We enjoyed watching you both out on the field. So yeah, but I did read that story with with, with quite a bit of sadness. Yeah, it is sad. It's very very sad, Jimmy. Um, and. Uh, let's hope it hasn't ended with Christopher, has it? That's the sad, uh, you know, it just has not ended. It just continues. Oh, he's happen, got some so. challenges, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Jimmy, thanks very much for your time this morning. Great, um, honest uh, account of what you saw over the weekend and where the issues lie. Always great talking to you, pal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, Smithy. Have a good day. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.